Welcome to the RepChat Inside Stories series, conversations with creative talent and creative entrepreneurial businesses. We discover the inside stories that inspire and motivate creative people to do what they do. So today in the RepChat studio, I have a very delightful Charlie Cox, just a few words about Charlie. She's an award-winning climate change coach and founder of Climate Change Coaches. A professional coach for 10 years, Charlie specializes in developing leaders in environmentally focused businesses. She has a background in the creative sector and worked for seven years in West Africa. Welcome, Charlie. It's lovely to, to get to talk to you, and I know you've done some absolutely amazing work. So just begin by telling us a little bit about your journey to coaching. So I know you weren't always a coach. No, I wasn't. So my background, I started out in uh, international development with Save the Children, and that took me uh, after a few years in London to West Africa, where I really discovered a love of telling stories. And so I retrained as a photographer, and eventually I built a creative agency in Freetown in Sierra Leone. And I suppose to begin with, the telling other people's stories was really interesting. And that's what we did as a business. But the longer you build a business, the more other things start to become interesting to you. And for me, it was spending my lunch times with other entrepreneurs, helping them on the stories of their business, if you like, and helping them to work out who they wanted to be and what they wanted to do in the world. And also working with my staff on developing their confidence. Because I really began to realize that um, what other people saw as people not taking responsibility for their actions was actually a lack of confidence in decision making. And so many people would tell me that the problem with their staff was that they would just sit around waiting to be told what to do. And I would think, well, you know, yeah, sometimes my staff do that too, but it's usually when they really doubt themselves. Mm. And it made me really want to work on confidence. It made me recognize the link between people feeling confident in decision-making and them making good decisions about their health, their education and their politics. So it's interesting, it's between um, decision-making, that process, and actually growing faith within yourself. It's a really interesting observation. Yeah, and that sense of belief in our own ability and then also belief in, in the system around us to support us and so that sent me home in a way I, I, I spent my last year running the business um, coaching my staff into new jobs without them knowing for a large part of it so for the first six months they didn't realize I planned to close the company and um, in, so I said to them what's your dream job and I coached all of them and put significant cash as well into them training towards this dream job. And I wouldn't take no for an answer. When they gave me a, an easy to get job or a safe job, I'd say, no, look, guys, this is the only time you're going to be asked, what is your dream job? And then helped to get it. So let's not mess about with something that's going to be safe. Let's really go for it. And, and some of the answers were kind of bonkers. You know, I, our, our, our night guard, who was Liberian and had missed out on all of his education because of the war in both countries, wanted to be an IT consultant. 
you know, and, and part of me wanted to say, Yusuf, it's just not going to happen, mate. You know, you don't, you can't read and write. You can't add up two single digit numbers. But because it wasn't my job to tell him he couldn't have his dream job, which is very useful training for, for coaching. Mm. We bought him a laptop. We put him through tra- a training course. And he turned out to be an absolute genius with a laptop and with a computer. And it taught me something so fundamental because when I came back to the UK, I retrained as a coach and I started working with very educated people in the UK and in Europe and, you know, um, really educated people in Africa who would say to me, doubting, do you think I can do it? And I think, well, if Yusuf can do it, you know, yes, come on, let's strap on our boots. We can do this. You've got tons of social capital and loads of education. If he can do it, you definitely can. And if I stand here and tell you you can't, that could be incredibly damaging. But actually what had helped with my team was fundamentally having someone believe in them and stand next to them and say, yes, you can. And I'll, I'll stand with you while you try. So that's a combination of just having somebody by your side who really believes, but doesn't tell you exactly what to do, but it's just there encouraging, asking the right questions. And so you trained as a coach, mm-hmm. and I know that you also a member of the ICF. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess something else happened, and I know that you also <laughs> taught coaching, and I know that you also set up the climate coaching. So can you just talk a little bit about that? What, what inspired that movement and that extension from, from your journey of coaching? So I love coaching as a, as a modality. I think it's a really useful skill for everyone to have. And having worked in a country like Sierra Leone, where every day felt like you were doing something really useful, really important, I came home and I started coaching people who... Um, were what, you know, maybe what doctors would call the worried well. You know, they, they, they needed help, but they didn't really, really need help. You know, it, was, it didn't feel like the most compelling thing I could do with my time. To begin with, it was a challenge in learning to be a coach. And once I, you know, four or five years in, my own sense of purpose started to wane. Mm. And I noticed it because I talked more and more about West Africa to the point where a colleague said to me, when did you leave? And I said, oh, you know, five or six years ago. And he said, the way you talk about it, it's like yesterday. Mm. And that was almost a warning to me that there wasn't enough purpose in what I was doing, which was leadership coaching. And then I had a baby. I had my first daughter, Nina. And I was sent an article by um, a new contact who is now a very close friend who said, listen, um, I've just finished an MBA. I'm supposed to be setting up a business and I can't do it because I've got to do something about the climate crisis. And I said, yeah, you know, I've heard about this climate change stuff. You know, it's been on my radar, but I do social justice stuff. That's mm-hmm. kind of my, my sweet spot. And then I read the, the article, which was the forerunner of the uninhabitable earth, um, which is, which is a long form book. And I read a, a New York times article and the floor dropped out from under me. And I sat on a beach in Dorset And I felt like I was about to be made homeless for the first time, homeless from the whole planet. And all of those things we do when we feel threatened, like run for the hills, that's not available for you to you when when it's the planet. You can't run off the planet. You know, so you have to sit with those incredibly difficult feelings at the same time that I was thinking there's got to be more to coaching than this for me. 
Mm. So it was this sort of perfect storm of I've got to do something about the climate crisis and I, I, and I can feel the pull of purpose as much as I can feel the push of threat. And I love the way that you've described these skills that you have, which is encouraging and empowering people. And that's what you've done for the whole career, albeit in different ambiences, the training of coaching, but that's not enough. You need a purpose within that industry as well. And then the highest purpose is, you know, protecting and sustaining the life of our planet. And so since that time, I know a lot has happened and you're not the only one in the climate change coaching uh, community so how has this grown to the present day so I rebranded myself as a climate change coach in 2018 mm-hmm. it took me two years Kathy and and I don't want it to take that long for anyone else so partly it took me two years because people other coaches told me I wasn't allowed to do it oh. and I'm very fortunate that I built a team quite quickly in the climate change coaches one of those people Joey Clifton had a background in sustainability and and I said I don't understand how you're allowed to be a coach in this space but I'm not because surely we're doing the same thing (laughs) we're just coaching but because you've got a background in sustainability nobody questions you doing something but because I don't I'm not allowed to because it's having an agenda that's curious because I mean I work in wellness and I'm not a medical doctor Yes, you can exactly. be a wellness coach. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So what's happening is we've put the climate in a different bucket, which is called the environment, when actually this is a human problem. We created it. So therefore, all the human change tools we have available to us are, are you know, are really useful here. And number two, we in knee-jerk to believing that when we want to do something about this issue, we have to be an activist and an angry one and possibly an aggressive one, Mm. where one of the beautiful things about an incredibly complex systems challenge is that there are so many different solutions. There are so many pieces of the jigsaw. And I really fundamentally believe that coaching is one of those pieces. And we've proved that it is at the Climate Change Coaches. The first thing we did was coach the general public. And we saw enormous relief in people when they were able to say out loud in safety, I am concerned, but I just don't know what to do. And I feel completely overwhelmed and I don't believe I will make any difference. So I'm not doing anything. And that actually it wasn't that people didn't care. It was the classic beginning to every coaching conversation. I want to, I don't know how, I don't believe. And so actually if we could just work on those things, maybe we could help people step past that I'm concerned and inactive to I'm active and feeling more positive about this and therefore more able to help other people feel active and positive as well. So we really started to see this ripple that was possible. Sort of I brought a team together. We started building the climate change coaches, uh, which was to empower people to believe they can make a difference and give them coaching skills teach them these skills that we've got so they can go out and do it too that was the fundamental it was a shift for us from just coaching people to coaching and training people to coach that felt very important and then you know happily about a year later the climate coaching alliance formed and they have gathered together coaches from all over the world who are now taking this in so many incredible directions 
it's absolutely mind-blowing to see all these other bits of the jigsaw in this corner called psychology I guess Mm. really starting to be fleshed out in incredibly creative ways. So what your story really um, unravels is that synchronicity and that synergy led by purpose and led by a strong belief and I guess doing the thing that you think I'm born to do this and there seems to be everything lining up I'm not saying that that was easy but there seems to be this coming together of different elements to provide a different opportunities for people in this space Mm. Mm. and and it was really noticeable Kath that when I first rebranded if you like and just put climate change coach on my website and on my LinkedIn profile it wasn't particularly grand (laughs) rebranding I was just inundated and I, I was inundated with people saying, could you write me a blog? That sounds really interesting. What even is that? But I was also inundated with coaches mm. saying, oh, how do I do something like this? And it seems a bit scary. And, and am I allowed? And I had at one point I was having like five or six hour long calls a week with coaches. And so we started bringing people together on community calls because I just couldn't handle the numbers anymore. And then we realized something really useful, which is actually they don't need to talk to me they need to talk to each other and so they started you know having these really active kind of chats which you know that those conversations I'm really pleased to say are now being had in the climate coaching alliance and they were already being had in the climate psychology alliance because we simply at the climate change coaches couldn't hold that community it just it was just ballooning in front of us um and so we developed a, a coach training program which um, has ICF accreditation for CCUs to be able to structure take people through a structured approach to how do you coach these topics and um the communities that come out of that course we're now in the we're actually the 10th cohort this autumn the communities that come out of that co- course are still meeting incredibly um, so it also comes to this I, um, this concept of, which I believe in thoroughly, in community and support mm-hmm. and peer support, mm-hmm. because together we can see so many different aspects and perspectives together that we're just enriched through that community and having a similar interests and passions and being able to grow that body of information. Yeah. And I also know that you've launched a book. Was it this year? Yes, yeah, so in, on the 21st of June we published um, Climate Change Coaching. Well, congratulations, first of all. I know that's an achievement with a young baby as well. Yeah. Yes, because we we submitted the proposal in, I think it was February 2019, little knowing that just you know two months later we would go into the pandemic, we'd go into lockdown. Mm. And I was pregnant at the time. So, um, so in February 2020, so we we didn't really do anything in 2020 on the book my co-author uh, to her credit did some writing but I, I didn't and so a lot of it was done last year in writing sprints uh, which was pretty hectic with a one-year-old and a six-year-old but um, the book is really about the that power of connection because one of the things that I became aware of as a coach in this space was that often my clients came to me and stayed with me because I was their only ally And then they would leave when they found this support network Mm -hmm. because they often said, you know, nobody believes me. Nobody sees it as, as it is important as I do. Um, My family are telling me to calm down and that I'm getting obsessed. And, you know, so 
that that concept of people being together in groups is really important it helps people develop the courage to stay the course it helps them feel sane and human um, and it helps them fuel their sense of purpose mm. and so where we got to in our theory of change at the climate change coaches and it's come out in the book is this idea that at one level coaching skills can help people to believe in their own ability tap into their agency and then have faith in each other in other people's ability to to do it too and and to to just explain that you know if you think about covid well i can follow the rules but no one in this community mm. is doing it, you know so that's i believe in myself but i don't believe in anyone else but we've got to believe in both if we're going to do something about climate because one will dismantle the other otherwise so um, whereas in normal coaching, we may say, you know, you may say to me, I want a new job. Can you help me find a new job? And then you might say, Charlie, I don't believe that my CV is good enough. I doubt I can get a new job. You'd never say to me, I don't believe that people can't get new jobs. It would just be self-doubt we'd be working on. But in mm. climate change coaching, we're also working on systemic doubt, mm. lack of faith in our structures and our societies. So on one level, we've got to work on that. So that's just the individual bit. That's not enough because individual change doesn't change systems. And it's a sort of lie that we've been sold to some extent. So we don't want to fall into that bear trap of believing that it's all about individual change. So therefore, how do individuals feeling really resonant and active change systems? Well, the missing piece of the puzzle is connection. Mm. And when we are really in our sense of purpose and flow, when we are choosing activities that feel great, not that we feel we should do, or we feel guilty, guilted into doing, but things we really want to do, then we're much more likely to enroll others to join us. Similarly, when we can own even the really hard emotions like climate grief and anxiety, rather than projecting them negatively into blame and guilt and judgment of others, when we can say, I'm really struggling today actually, because I'm so worried, then it, we're also enrolling of others. And I think this is really, really interesting because the politics of despair and hopelessness is so nihilistic mm. and an engendering a sense of, you know, change is possible. We can have an influence on the future. Yeah. Things don't have to remain the same or this helpless walk, you know, shrugging of the shoulders. I know that, but what can I do? So it's transforming that, that rebound of that negativity thinking, yeah, I know it's all rubbish. So what, so that nihilistic thinking which is so toxic. So I think this community and this working with the person and working with the system is such a powerful concept. And, and what's one of the loveliest things is that um, coaching has that really powerful skill around mindset or perspective shift. Mm. And it's hugely useful in this space because there's always another way of looking at it. And when we get into that despair slice of the pie, looking at it, in this you know through this lens of it's never going to work nothing we do there's always another way of framing that and you know that's where coaches get to be almost impish or people get to be almost impish and say well yeah that that may well there may be a way to some truth in that but there's some other truth over here in this but the other thing is that when people are are speaking of a, of a pain whether that's you know i'm I don't believe I can do anything or what's the point or we're all going to hell in a handcart. Mm. They're speaking a, an unfulfilled dream that that complaint has 
has a yearning behind it. Um, they're not disengaged. And that I think is often what we, we perceive. People, people don't care. Well, people who don't care don't tend to talk about it. Mm. You know, so when someone is willing to talk about it and to share those kinds of negative emotions, that is still a charge around the subject. So we can work with that. Okay, so what's it like to feel like that? To feel like there's nothing we can do to save the planet? What's it like? So apart from the empowering conversations and the, and the connections and the community, how much has it to do as also, you know, practical activism as well? A, a huge amount. So mm. what is great about coaching and the reason, you know, I'm an evangelist, as I clearly mm. am, is that coaching is a mix of really understanding and reflecting and then doing something about it. It's not just, oh, I learned this stuff about myself. It's that I learned this stuff and then I operationalized it somehow. And so what we're doing with climate change coaching is we're unblocking the blockers to people taking action, whether that is action in their organization, action in their community, action in their home, but, but getting out there and taking action and action that feels really great so that they actually want to talk to other people about it. Because I met loads of people who said, I've been doing all the right stuff for years, but I've been too shy to tell anyone and it's not rippled. So, you know, we've got to be able to talk um, openly and generously about this with other people without it being a source of blame and guilt for them. And, and, and then that action starts, stands a chance of, of going further. But yeah, it's got to be about landing this in practical action. And so that's why in the Climate Change Coaches, we very quickly began to realise that our biggest impact, because we're a relatively modest team, we're, we're worldwide but we're we're pretty small our impact would be giving these skills to the people that need to unlock climate action in their organizations or their networks and who are right now relying on their technical skills and some learn on the job emotional intelligence you know a lot of these guys are really emotionally intelligent and really good at negotiating but they've never been taught any kind of concrete skills. They've never had what they've learned by accident kind of codified. So they know what they're doing and when and why. And increasingly, we're told by people in sustainability and environmental protection and people in climate movements that actually it's the relational stuff that is the, the big shift point for them. That if they can change the way that they're relating to others and the way that others are relating to climate, they can get much more done. That actually just telling people the facts and telling people the solutions doesn't work. And of course it doesn't, because you know, if you wanted a new job and you didn't believe you could get one, no amount yeah. of me telling you how many jobs are out there or what you need to do will make you go and do it. You don't believe. And so yeah. we and we to... come back to that belief and that, you know, the realization of a dream and the action, but being supported by something very deep that, you know, this is coming from the heart, it comes from. I believe. So where can people find you and where can people buy your book? If people go to www.climatechangecoaches.com, they can find out all about the book and they can find out about our training courses. We have a course in the autumn, as I said, for um, trained coaches who want to up level their skills to be able to coach the climate, climate change topics. And we also have a course uh, for professionals working in the environmental space, whether in sustainability or, or environment, 
um, or in activism who want to gain some coaching skills and have no training in coaching. So this is really um, tailored coaching skills, tailored to specific problems they will face based on our experience of coaching people in, that, in those sectors. And we also have um, programs that we run in organizations and they're on the website as well. So we can do group coaching in organizations where maybe some teams need to make some time to get their head around the new agenda of the organization around, let's say net zero. And that team's kind of putting it off because they just don't really know how to do it. Mm. But if they had some dedicated time with a coach, they'd be able to admit they don't know how to do it. And then hear that none of them know how to do it and then begin to build some solidarity and then start to find their confidence again. And at the back of that magically, every yeah, time. I, I love that. It's, it's so, it's so universally true that we think I can't do this. I don't know how to do it. And that can be the blocker, not the, not yes. the knowledge that you need to know to do it, but it's like, I can't, I don't know how to even start to begin. Um, and in anything, having someone to say, let's take you through the steps, let's construct this together yes. and you will get there. Well, it's been really delightful speaking with you. Um, I'm so pleased about your new baby, the way that your business is heading. And also it's been a fantastic and fascinating story of, you know, how coaching has propelled you through so many stages of your own career. So thank you very much, Charlie. Thanks, Cathy. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. And we'll put all those that information in the show notes as well. Thanks for listening to the RebChat Inside Story series. We hope you enjoyed it. To feature your inside story, contact us at www.rebcatcreations.com or follow us on Instagram at RebCatCreations. Creations.